Isn't it just wonderful to celebrate the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords? We love celebrating. And we celebrate the Lord and we celebrate each other and we celebrate birthdays. So this week we have quite a few birthdays. Megan Bosch, Hannah September, Benita Palm, Tatiana Spinas. On the 25th it's Jacques Pinar. Uh, Ian McCasco, uh, Renee Baptista, and Keaton Stevens. May you have an awesome week. May God bless you. Um, I won't say like Diddy, get a lot of cupcakes and invite us, but have a wonderful time with your family. And then we've got a wonderful week of prayer and fasting. It's a challenge for most of us, but it's a rewarding challenge. Monday the 22nd of January till Friday the 26th. Monday the 22nd to Thursday the 25th. Did you want to do this, Tim? Okay. An hour of prayer from 9 in the morning till 10 at the church every morning. Monday the 22nd, a worship evening at 1900 at the church. Wednesday the 24th, a congregation will pray together at the church at 1900 hours. On the 26th, Breaking the Fast will be held online on YouTube at 4 o'clock. Our service Sunday on the 28th is uh, seven, 9 o'clock for the adult service and for Shine. Please note that all sermons are available on YouTube and podcast. Uh, corporate prayer. <laughs> Every Sunday at 8.30 in the main auditorium before the service. And normally they finish at about 10.00 so that when we come, either latecomers or those that want to interact and just greet and love each other, you have 10 minutes to do that. (laughs) Um, Shine Parent Meeting, Sunday the 21st, for 20 minutes after the service. And then there's another family picnic Sunday, the 28th of January, after the service, on the lawn at the back of the church. And details will be communicated soon. Classics, Friday, the 2nd of February, at 9 o'clock for 9.30 at the church, starting the year with a planning meeting. But is it not? No, it's not. (laughs) But that's how the classics feel about themselves. They're young. They're young at heart. Then we have our regular meetings, the youth, every Friday at uh, 7 o'clock at the church. And our ladies' meeting starts again on Wednesday, the 24th, every Wednesday at 9.30. If you're a lady and you are not busy on a Wednesday morning, please come and join us. We have fellowship, we love each other, we grow together, we stretch ourselves together, and like Daddy says, we do have eats as well. Then the healing streams, please contact the church office for an appointment. Counseling and marriage counseling, speak to Josiah and Cheryl, or contact the church. The church office um, will be closed on Mondays, but open from Tuesdays to Fridays. And that's it. God bless you. Thank you, Tim. Thank you, Veronica. Good morning, everybody. Good morning, everybody.
And welcome back for those of you that were away. Um, I pray and hope that you had a good time. I just wanted to, before uh, Marlon comes and preaches the word, I wanted to firstly um, just highlight our pre and fast starts tomorrow. So tomorrow morning, here at the church, if you are available and free and you just want to come and spend a t- uh, some time in pre and worship, it will be hop and bowl. You guys know what hop and bowl is? So worship and prayer together, hop being the worship, okay, and the bowl being the prayer. Is the um, is it the essence of? Yeah, it's right. Okay, so that's tomorrow morning, starting from Monday to Thursday. Every morning here in the main auditorium, from nine till ten, everyone and anyone is welcome. You can even bring your family, your pet along. No, just seeing who's awake here. Okay. And then tomorrow evening, worship night, is also pre and worship. So that's again, hop and bowl, okay? And again, I want to encourage you, if, if you just need to get away, I don't know if you ever feel like that. I just need to be in the presence of God. Maybe home is too loud and noisy, you know? Or maybe you're just so busy. Just, we've got this week. You've got one week out of 52. I think it's a leap year, am I right? I think it's a leap year this year, but out of 52 weeks, you've got one week where you can say, let me just stop everything that normally I would go to and just center myself towards the Lord, focus on Jesus. And, and I tell you, there's a lot the Lord can talk to you about that you might not hear in your busyness. And so this week is that week. And I'll leave Marlon to preach into the why we fast and what fasting is all about. But I want to make another announcement, and I'm going to ask, um, where's Kristen? Kristen, if you can stand, and I'm going to ask Keegan if you can stand as well. And um, we have, as the, the members of this church would have known, last year we went through a whole um, restructuring, and we looked at, uh, a, we opened up a new um, post um, for administration in the church, and we went through quite a hectic, it was a hectic process of interviews. Thank you to Derek and the team and others on the finance team that took us through that in Bertram. And um, we came to the conclusion that Kristen suited and filled in and checked all the, uh, the boxes. And so this morning we want to welcome Kristen Atkin, is it right? Atkins? Atkins, sorry to the staff, and uh, she will be working alongside Mareika for a couple of months. As you know, that Mareika is finishing off the end of February, and guys, we've got to make it special for her, even though Mareika doesn't like parties, but we're going to party. We're going to sp- have a celebration. Amen? But we want to welcome Kristen, and then Keegan is uh, Kristen's fiance, and we want to say thank you, Keegan, for also supporting her in this. And so can we just give Kristen a welcome, Father's house. If you, if you didn't know, because they're quite quiet, but they've been here since 2017, around 2017, in and out, um, but uh, you're not that new to the church. So welcome, and again, please make it easy for Kristen, guys. Uh, if you're going to see her, she'll be in the office during the week with uh, Bertram. Um, and they are open, the office is open, by the way, from 8.30 till 1 o'clock. So um, please, when you have time, say hi to Kristen. Thank you, Kristen. Bless you. And without further ado, Marlon, come and preach the word prayer.
Ah, thank you. Yo. Didi, you almost make me want to do a dance here, bro. Why not? I feel like I have to give back to the worship team and then we just chill. And then I come back on stage at 12 and then <laughs> we can start preaching. But before I do anything um, and before I go anywhere, the, um, there's one important thing I need to do quickly and that is for our matriculants. Um, obviously of 2023. Um, as you know, they received results on Friday. Um, and I'm not going to highlight any people that we particularly have here, but we were honored enough to have a head boy and a head girl here at our church um, from two prominent schools. And they both have passed. So yay. Um, and I don't want to put this out there, but there was distinctions involved. But um, talk to them, because um, they will crucify me after this. <laughs> um, but if you don't know, they are, I'll whisper their names later. <laughs> and then, yes, but we also do want to pray, um, as you know, this is also a time where certain matrics might have received not so great news. Um, and I was really encouraged on Friday. So for those of you who don't know, on Friday, the leadership team of youth, um, we meet from about six to about 20 past half past, and we spend some time in prayer together as a team. And as we were praying, um, one of our matriculants actually prayed for those who um, kind of didn't make it for the year. And I was moved because... That's the type of young people we need in this generation, isn't it? Um, looking out for one another, supporting one another, and loving on one another. So um, I really just, before I get into it, we really just want to pray, um, because we also do know tough calls are made during this time. And um, God loves them. Um, he's still the apple of their eye. Um, and we still support them in whatever ways we can, right? So let's just quickly spend some time and pray for them quickly. Um, Lord... We say thank you that you are the God in everything, Lord Father God. And even when things don't go our way, you still work out things for our good, Lord Father God. So we just bring before you all of those metrics, Lord Father God. We say thank you for who they are. Thank you that they were able to put the effort that was needed. Thank you that they could stretch themselves. And even more important, we pray for those who did not get the result they expected, Lord Father God. We pray peace over them, Lord Father God. We pray love and protection. We pray that your identity would always be rooted in them, Lord Father God. We pray that people will come alongside them like never before, Lord Father God. And that no matter what they face, you will be the cornerstone in their lives, Lord Father God. You would be the anchor. Thank you for second opportunities, Lord Father God. Thank you that you are a God that can turn everything around for good, Lord. So we bring them all before you, and we say thank you for turning things around in their lives, Lord Father God. We pray and ask this in your name. Amen. 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 You, it is Varum. Um, I will not keep you longer than we see how it goes. <laughs> not committing to anything, but I am really excited um, for what God has in store, and um, I do want to say this, um, I love journeying with God through the Bible um, because there's so many things that he shows you time after time and I want to encourage you. Um, as you journey with me, there's only one question I have for you this morning um, and I want you to just ponder on that throughout the session and then um, we really take it from there. But I've been tasked um, to teach about prayer and fasting. Yeah, what a hectic one, eh? 
yeah, um, because I love food, man. <laughs> so that's awkward. Um, just like, yo, all I'm thinking about is I will not give up my steak, but for you, Lord, <laughs> I, I, I will pray. <laughs> but um, there's something important about prayer and fasting that I really want to bring across. And um, I've actually titled this sermon, um, Based Prayer on Fast, I've actually titled it, God the Repair and Restore. Because you see, prayer and fasting does something. It repairs a relationship, but it can also restore your identity in Christ. Um, so we're going to journey through that um, as we go. So, um, yeah, we're going to show some scripture and we're going to dive in. And are you guys ready with me? Yeah, let's go. And um, please take note. I didn't make slides, man. Um, and I know you are people that love slides and stuff. Um, it was a hectic week. But um, what I will do is I will keep the notes, and if you would like it, I will gladly send it to you. All right, so just let me know, um, and then I will send it to you. Um, or speak to the pastor, and then, <laughs> you know, give him the work, <laughs> and then we can do it. But for those of you who don't know, um, I'm Marlon Bird, um, one of the pastors here at the Father's House, um, a, a place that I've come to love and grow over the past few years. Um, I love people, and I love seeing people thrive, um, not only in their relationship with God, but in life. But I am privileged enough to know my gifting. And my gifting is young people, hey. Um, my gosh, I love them. Um, I, I'm, I'm the biggest cheerleader. Um, if you don't know that, I am the biggest cheerleader. Um, and if you don't want to cheer your child, I will. Um, that's the type of gifting I've got. Um, so that's how I... Um, bring a thing to the party. So I was telling Bertram today, I dressed formal for you guys, but I put on tackies for the youth. Praise God. <laughs> you know? So I don't have pointies on. Yeah? No pointies here. Tackies for the youth. We represent you guys. But yeah, but let's quickly get into this um, and we can take it from there. So um, in scripture, prayer and fasting go hand in hand. Um, it's mentioned throughout the Bible. Believe it or not, both in the old and in the New Testament, right? Um, you will find public accounts of powerful um, kind of results when people came together to pray and fast. And I'm going to mention a few quickly. And for those of you who are writing down, I will go slow through this quickly. But um, there's a beautiful account of prayer and fasting in Daniel. And you'll find that in Daniel chapter 9. There's another one where David speaks about prayer and fasting. And, oh, that's a really good one found in Psalm 35. We also have Luke 2, which speaks about accounts of prayer and fasting. Um, as you can see, I've taken extracts from the old and from the new for you. And then there's also Paul. Um, church has started, blah, blah, blah. Um, Acts 14, another account when a community comes together and they do prayer and fasting. And one of the beautiful accounts of prayer and fasting as where Jesus himself teaches what prayer and fasting is like in Matthew 6, um, the one that we all know. But you also find very interesting stories in the Bible about prayer and fasting. And um, you obviously know, um, and for those of you who don't, that before Jesus started his ministry, his public ministry that is, he actually spent time in prayer and fast. You'll find that in Luke 4. Um, also, Nehemiah fasted to help confess his sins, to turn to God, 
and to turn away and ask God for favor um, and permission to rebuild the walls of Jerusalem, which is found in Nehemiah chapter 1. David also fasted and asked God to intervene because of injustice. And that's the one that I spoke about in Psalm 35. And then also in Samuel, um, 2 Samuel 12, you will also find that David's asking for this miraculous healing to happen. And he went through a period of prayer and fast. But here's the interesting part. His request was not granted. I want you to take note of that as well. So through this process of prayer and fast, this is amazing stories. And then there's this one where the request was not granted. And it came from the same guy who actually had a request granted before. So if I had to summarize up all of that quickly, I can tell you now, prayer and fasting doesn't mean that you're going to get the answer that you want. All right? All right, let's quickly, we'll go back there. Don't worry, we'll go back there. Um, Mordecai, the Jews fasted um, when, they were, when they heard about a plot um, for their extermination, which is found in Esther 4. All right, so that's another one um, where prayer and fasting is involved. And then also, the church, the early church fasted while worshiping, committing their ministry to the Lord. And also, when they were looking for leaders and guidance on how to run church. And those are found in Acts 13 and 12. So what am I trying to say about prayer and fast? By the way, this is just the introduction. We're going to get to the body now, now. (laughs) But yeah, Um, in all these accounts, you find people humbling themselves in submission to the will of God. A lot of the times we think prayer and fasting is about letting go of a particular food item or so. But actually, and I'll, I'll show you through scripture, prayer and fast is actually that very thing. It's where you're humbling yourself in submission to the will of God. So through prayer and fasting, you basically take your eyes off the things of this world and you focus on who Christ is and what he is saying. All right, so you do this, and why? Well, firstly, you want to nourish your spirit. Because remember, um, a few weeks ago, we, um, we were talking about the, the spirit, the soul, and all those things. Um, and last week, Derek also mentioned about prayer. So you want that to nourish your spirit, but you also do prayer and fasting so that your fears are starved. But I like this. I wrote this down. As, uh, I, th- I think it's deep. Okay, but I said here, you would pray and fast so that you can starve your fears to death. And I think that's more important there, right? Um, So in all of this, God repays and restores what was lost. And what was lost? A deeper fellowship with God. So in all these accounts, these people are coming before God for deeper, deeper fellowship. So let's get into it. My question to you this morning, something I'd like to, you to ponder on. What is the condition of your heart this morning? What is the condition of your heart this morning? So 
The Hebrew word for fasting, um, and I'm throwing this in there because I see when Tom preached, Yusuma gave us Greek, Hindu, and all this stuff. So I thought I'm going to follow suit. I must also study <laughs> Hebrew, <laughs> okay? The Hebrew word <laughs> for fasting is kana. And if I'm not pronouncing that right, I use Google, <laughs> okay? Um, but it simply means the following, to be humble, to be subdued, or to be brought down under, or to br- be brought into subjection. Basically, kana, this word kana, K-A-N-A, by the way, it refers to subduing yourself in the act of humility. What a powerful word. What a powerful word, fasting. I think the English word of fasting kind of lost that power that it has, right? So you are literally subduing yourself in a humble act towards God. Now, there are two key passages of Scripture that I'm going to use this morning, one from the old and one from the new. Um, The beauty of it is that I think they align so well with one another because that's what the Bible does, right? There's no contradiction. Um, It speaks truth, and we believe in its truth, right? So um, the one from the Old Testament will be found in Isaiah, um, and that will be 58 for those of you who are writing down. And the other one will be found in Matthew, and that's Matthew chapter 6. Please take note that these scriptures or passages that I'll be reading from, it doesn't give specifics on how to fast from food. Instead, both passages focuses on the heart of the person fasting. And that, I would like to say, is our belief is our belief through fasting. It's not about sacrificing your day and not eating, but it's about your heart coming towards the Father. That's really what it's about. So I just want to quickly put a side note in there. For those of you who don't know, so I used to teach and I used to tutor, and every time I say side note time, then the kids know they must go to their page and they must start writing down because I'm going to say nuggets. That's really important, right? So the side note here quickly is the following. People can fast different because there's different ways of fasting, all right? You have a full-day fast, half-day fast, food fast, social media fast. Maybe we all should actually do that fast this week, eh? Yeah. I mean, um, the one thing, I'll be honest with you, that's beginning to irritate me, it's like stirring up, is that when the young people come to me and they're like, oh my word, I saw this thing on TikTok. Oh, then I'm already dead. Like, really? That is your source of information right now? TikTok? And they sound so quiet. It's like, yo, I saw this thing. Uh, and I just, like, yeah, anyway, pray for me. <laughs> okay? But there are different ways of fasting and different things we can do to fast. So, please take note. Whatever you choose to do, if medically you cannot fast from food, please don't. Please don't. Okay? I want to be harsh and I want to say, don't be dumb. You know what I'm saying? You cannot. So, don't try. And that is not what God would want for you, all right? Um, Please take note also, if you are taking medicine or something like that and you need to eat, again, hashtag don't be dumb. Just eat, take your medicine. You are not lesser than anyone else, all right? The other thing is, please note, what you fasting is between you and God. When I say between you and God is, some of us don't need to worry about food. Didi doesn't have a problem with food. 
All right? He does not. He just loves it. But he could have a problem with Twitter. <laughs> okay? And maybe that's what he must look at. You know? So I do want to clarify in my side note here, when I'm referring to all of this, please note, none of the passages speaks about particularly taking food. Yes, the Bible does mention food fasting and all those things. But please take note, you need to know the whole context of why. All right? That's really important. So certain people fasted for food for physical reasons. Certain people fasted for foods for ritual reasons. So there's a whole lot, right? And if I have to go into that, we're going to be here till 2 o'clock. All right? So you don't have a problem with that? Oh, no. Okay, I do. I was joking. <laughs> I'm planning to be at by 11. <laughs> what do you mean? <laughs> but yeah, um, so I do just want to clarify that through everything. That's not what I'm referring to here. All right? So please take note. I'm referring to the heart of the person that is fasting. Is that okay? All right, so let's get into it quickly. Isaiah 58. Um, quick context. The nation of Israel, they kind of abstain from fasting for a day to seek help from God. Another reason why we fast, is it not? To seek clarity from the Lord. So they want justice for Israel. They want to judge judgment on those who oppress them. However, the help that they wanted didn't come. And then the people started complaining. I don't know about you, but I do know in the beginning stages in my life, when I did the whole fasting thing, um, the intention was to get something out of it. And most times, didn't happen. And I don't know how many of you experienced that as well, but I've realized more and more, again, as I'm reading scripture, my perception has changed quite a bit. And even today, um, even though I'm sharing with you this week, this word has also been challenging because I'm also preparing for prayer and fasting, right? Um, so here what happens in Isaiah 1 verse 12. So, um, sorry, Isaiah 58 verses 1 12, sorry. All right. It's a bit much, but we're going to read together and it's going to be so good. Um, and again, the heart of the person while fasting. So, shout it aloud and do not hold back. Raise your voice like a trump. Declare to my people their rebellion and to the descendants of Jacob their sins. For day after day they seek me out. They seem eager to know my ways as if they were a nation that does what is right and have not forsaken the commandments of God. If they ask me for just decisions and seem eager for God to come near them. Why have we fasted, they say, and you have not seen it? Why have we humbled ourselves and you have not noticed? Yet on the day of your fasting, you do as you please and exploit all your workers. Your fasting ends in quarrel and strife and in striking each other with wicked fist. You cannot fast as you do today and expect your voice to be heard on high. Sure. This is the kind of fast I have chosen. Only a day for people to humble themselves? Is it only for bowing one's head like a, like a reed and for laying in sackcloth and ashes? Is that what you call a fast? A day acceptable to the Lord? And this is where it gets really interesting. 
Is not this the kind of fasting I have chosen? To loose the chains of injustice, untie the cords of the yoke, to set free, uh, to set the oppressed free, and to break every yoke? Is it not to share your food with the hungry and to provide the poor with wonder and shelter? When you see the naked, to clothe them and not to turn away from your own flesh and blood. Then verse 8 says this, Then your light will break forth like the dawn, and your healing will come, will quickly appear. Then your righteousness will go before you, and the glory of the Lord will be your rear God. When, then you will call, and the Lord will answer. You will cry for help, and he will say, here I am. If you do away with the yoke of the oppression and the pointing finger and the malicious talk, and if you spend yourselves in behalf of the hungry and satisfy the needs of the oppressed, then your light will rise in the darkness and your night will become like the moon day. The Lord will guide you always. He will satisfy your needs in a sun-scorched land and strengthen your frame. And I love this. You will be a well-watered garden, like a spring whose waters never fail. And verse 12, your people will rebuild the ancient ruins and will rise up the old foundations. You will be called repair of broken halls and restorer of streets with dwellings. Wow. Now, reading that over and over, I couldn't help but get excited. You see, because the Israelites were clearly trying in the beginning of that portion of Scripture to put on a show of their fasting for the Lord. But get this, they actually didn't know him. That's the key. They knew what to do, so they knew how to fast, but they didn't humble themselves or their hearts before God. So they did their thing, but afterwards they did the normal thing. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah, you tell me that makes sense to you, <laughs> right? So for this period, you are doing what the Lord requires, and then afterwards you're like, huh, let me go back to normal. Not the heart or the intention of prayer and fast. So even though they abstain from food in this context for the day, seek the Lord, they didn't know what true fasting was about. That kana experience, that humbling yourself before the Lord, subduing yourself to the Father, and bringing oneself devoted to what God is doing. That is what the fasting is really about. So instead... The Israelites were trying to twist the hand of God for their own gain. Now, again, this is my side note, right? I've tried that before. Um, and actually, think about it. We all have, especially the boys. Have you ever watched soccer or rugby? And you're like, Lord, if they score that try right now, I'm going to come serve you with all my heart. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I'm going to go to church tomorrow, Lord. And so on for the rest of the year. <laughs> But only if they score that try, Lord. <laughs> you know, your will be done. Amen. <laughs> eh? Isn't it something like that? So, verse 5, which is quite interesting. Verse 5 here tells us that the true fasting 
is humbling ourselves before God. That is easily to miss in the portion of Scripture, don't you think? Because when you read it, you would read right past. But that is actually the key of what fasting is. And that's why the word kana is so important. It's an act of humbling oneself to the will of God. That is what true fasting is. So that type of fasting, and I want to clarify this, is pleasing and acceptable to the Lord. Um, we spoke earlier about a period and rest and all those things. Do you know what? If during this fast period you decide to rest in the Lord and you are growing deeper in fellowship, who he is, reading the word, do you know that is pleasable and acceptable to the Lord as you fast? Why? Because you are building a deeper relationship connected with him. And that's what it's about. So again, I want to echo this. True fasting is about humbling our hearts. Fasting and praying is about giving up the things that you're seeking satisfaction in in order to draw closer to God. It's allowing God to satisfy that need. That's what it's about. So sometimes we would joke and we say, I must, uh, I don't know, I must give off my TV time or something. The truth and the reality is, if you do, make sure it's a sacrifice that you grow in deeper relationship with God. Because then you're fasting, right? But if you're doing it just for the uh, so now between, I don't know, my mom always watches St. Worcester. I don't know what time that show comes on, but you all watch St. Worcester, I'm sure, right? Now imagine you don't watch St. Worcester, but your TV's just blank. That's not praying and fasting. You get me there, right? In the same way, if I say I'm not going to eat steak for the rest of this week, which is not what's going to happen, did you? Don't freak out, bruh. <laughs> um, by choosing to not eat it and just go like, eh, I'll eat chicken instead, defeats the purpose of what prayer and fasting is. Because my craving for the TV, my craving for the social media, my craving for that meat should remind me to be satisfied for the craving of God. And that's what the fasting is about. So again, fasting is this practice, the spiritual practice of humbling ourselves to God. So a question, is fasting relevant to us today and to the church? 100% yes. There's no doubt about it. But here's a deeper question, just phrased different. Is prayer and fasting relevant to you? That's the deeper question. Um, verse 6 and 7 um, if we can put verse 6 and 7 up quickly, I'm going to show you something. Again, it points to the condition of the heart, man. Verse 6, is this not the kind of fasting I have chosen? To lose the chains of injustice, untie the cords of the yoke, to set the oppressed feet, to break every chain? Um, is it not to share your food with hunger and provide? Um, I'm going to tell you this, man. Reading and reading, I've actually realized through my prayer and fasting, not only am I growing in a deeper fellowship and connection and growth with God, but I'm also learning to serve others out of joy. Do you know that? Because a lot of the times we, we want to throw the sackcloth on man. You know, woe is me, I'm fasting, don't talk to me, I'm a bit moody, um, you know? But actually, through scripture, when we are doing this, there's almost this rejuvenation to actually serve. 
to actually give. That's why part of prayer and fast, we come together for worship. Why? Because as a community, we're excited for what God is doing. Isn't it? That's why these things are important. They're not there so that we can tick off a box and go like, okay, we did that. That's great. Let's see what's the next thing to follow. No, we do this because when the community comes together, as a community praying and seeking and hearing the voice of the Lord, there's a change in the atmosphere and things begin to shift. And if it shifts in the community, if I go back to my place of employment, if I go back to my home, I'm able to shift the space in my home or my workplace. That's what it's about. So that's why we pray. That's why we gather. So not only does it speak into the condition, but it also shows us that ultimately God is always at work through a period of prayer and fasting where he's repairing and restoring. Hence my sermon today, God the repairer and the restorer. Because you see, through prayer and fasting, no matter the people, they always did it with a deepness to grow closer to God. And it's that outworking that repaired something. So it either repaired a relationship, it either repaired a community, or it either repaired a family. Hence, do not turn away from your flesh and blood. Pray and fast this week can restore family relationships. Can I just put that out there quickly for you? Pray and fast this week can also impact your working space. Because it can. So, again, there's restoration and there's repairing that is happening. But it's done through intimacy with the Father. And that's the key. You see, that's what the Israelites missed, man. They knew that God could repair and restore. But they forgot that it's the key in all of that is intimacy with the Father. So... If you look at verses 8 to 12, and I'm going to like quickly browse through it, right? Verse 8 to 12. The question is, how do we do this thing? Huh? How, how, how? Well, verse 8 says, Then your light will break forth um, like the dawn, and your healing will quickly appear. Then your righteousness will go before you, and the glory of God will be your real God. Um, then you will call. The Lord will answer, you will cry for help, and he will say, here I am. I want to stop there quickly and go, sometimes when we cry to the Lord, we always want the answer. What I've learned is that when we cry out to God and his response is, here I am, he's actually inviting you into his presence. And that's where we need to be. Hey, I mean, didn't the Bible say, Hey, to know what God is thinking. <laughs> Whew, your cop is going to go goo-goo, right? So what does he call? He says, come into my presence. Come into my presence. Look from a different perspective. That's what prayer and fasting does. That's what we, um, as part of the Father's house, that's what we do. Our prayer and fasting is about being in his presence and then looking from a different perspective. That's what it's about. And then again, it goes on. The Lord will guide you always. He will satisfy your needs. This is verse 11. Sorry, media team. Um, he will satisfy your needs. Um, and he will strengthen your frame. And again, this, you will be like a well-watered garden, like a spring whose water never fail. I mean, come on, man. 
after prayer and fast, the beauty is that you are like a spring of water. So wherever you go, you can leave good intentions. Wherever you go, you can see this is what the Lord is doing. And please note, this qualifies for everyone, young and old. Again, the privilege of working with young people, you actually also realize that they believe what God said he will do. Sometimes they just need to know, but why, man? You know, like their questions is just like, but why would he still love me? I know he forgives me, but why? That I can deal with, right? Because that's a good relationship journey, right? But if you come to me as an adult and you're like, no, the Lord can't forgive me. Wow. When was did you read your Bible? Hey, isn't it so? Because it's clear in Scripture what he does. So, not to knock you older folks, same boat, <laughs> okay? But I am saying the amount of faith and the amount of trust, sometimes we tend to kind of filter it, and then it becomes a bit less. Then it becomes a bit less. And I don't want to say it becomes a bit less because it is life experience, right? So something happens, we're disappointed. Oh, Lord, me again. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Okay, oh, it looked better. And then boom, life eats you 10 times harder. Lord, me again. Yeah. So I understand why as we grow, that it sometimes filters. But what is the beauty of having children and young people around? They remind you that God is always at work, man. And I know parents can testify to that, isn't it? Because sometimes you would just look at your kids and go like, only the Lord. <laughs> isn't it? Hey? What a beautiful reminder. It's like, phew, if it wasn't for the Lord, <laughs> I wouldn't be here. <laughs> Neither would you. <laughs> you know? But the beauty is, it reminds you of the good things God does. That's why I love it when parents say, my child is a blessing. You're 100% correct, they are. And even if parents can't say it, we say it because they are a blessing to us. So for me, working in youth ministry, I cannot stress enough. These kids are blessing because they're always reminding me that God is at work, man. And he always reminds me that he's a simple God, man. Not like Tati simple, no? The, like the, the, easy, the other simple, no? Um, like the good simple. <laughs> My English definition of simple has lost me. <laughs> um, he's the good simple, not the other simple. Um, um, and I want to use an example of why I'm saying this and the power of young people. Um, we had an incident one day at youth, and there was a young man um, going through some stuff. And then there was another young man who came alongside and just prayed. And this guy had the boldness to pray. I'm standing there and I'm thinking, just like that. What is this? <laughs> you know? But there was something powerful in the prayer that he'd done. He called something out that I didn't even see. How crazy is that, eh? 16. He's calling out things that I missed. I only figured out that the next day. <laughs> but he called it out right there and then. That's the power of God at work. And that's the reminder to us as we grow older that God is in everything. He's in all the details. So when you pray and you fast, it's not necessarily about the result. 
It's about your attitude of your heart. It's about how you're humbly submitting to the ways of the Lord. So, if you're turning prayer and fasting into a spiritual ego boost, you, it's half past ten, I must finish for you guys. <laughs> um, I'm going to go till about quarter past, half what I have. Is that okay? No, not quarter past. Then I'm finished 15 minutes ago. Quarter two. Is that okay? Quarter two. I'll half everything. And like I said, if you want to raise my notes, we'll send it out to you quickly. But if you're turning a fast into a spiritual ego boost, you've missed the whole plot. You really have. If your fasting is religious, you've also completely missed the plot. And if your fasting is for personal gain, guess what? You've also missed the plot. So, verse 3. They've asked this, why have we fasted and why have you not seen it? Why have we humbled ourselves and you not noticed? Very easy answer, Israelites. You weren't humbling yourself before the Lord. That's, that's the simple answer to that. So you had a personal agenda of why you wanted to fast. And that is not what God intended for fasting. So I'm going to stop there. I'm going to go to the New Testament reading because, again, I want you to see how they kind of, I don't know what this meant, how they connect. Yes, this means connect now. <laughs> okay. Um, in the New Testament, we find Jesus instructs his followers to pray and fast in such a way that humbles himself to the Father. He instructs them to that kind of way of doing it, right? Matthew 6, 5 to 18. All of us know this so well. Um, if you think you don't know, you actually do know. You just didn't know it was found in Matthew 6, man, 5 to 12. And it goes like this. And when you pray, do not be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the street corners to be seen by others. Truly, I tell you, they have received the reward in full. But when you pray, go into your room, close the door, and pray to your Father who is unseen. Then your father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. And when you pray, do not keep on babbling like pagans, for they think they will be heard because of the many words. Do not be like them, for your father knows what you need before you ask him. This then is how you should pray. Our father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done. On earth as in heaven. Give us today our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive, as we, as, all, as we have also forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. And if you forgive other people when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their sins, your Father will not forgive your sins. Then verse 16 and 17 and 18 actually speaks about fasting. Um, when you fast, do not look do not look somber as the hypocrites do, for they disfigure their faces to show others they are fasting. Truly, I tell you, they have received their reward in full. But when you fast, put on oil on your head and wash your face, so that it will not be obvious to others that you are fasting, but only to the Father who is unseen, and your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. This passage about prayer and fasting. Again, it's not done for personal gain. It's done so that the kingdom can come. Not only in your life, 
but in all spaces. So both in Isaiah 58 and Matthew 6, sorry guys, I'm jumping the gun here quickly, hey? But the combination of prayer and fasting can actually be powerful results. It shows us that the right heart condition can be spiritual transformation. So again, the question I asked earlier, what is the condition of your heart? Because if the condition of your heart is wanting spiritual transformation, this week of prayer and fast is going to change your life. It's going to change the life of your family. It's going to change the life of your workplace. If you want spiritual transformation, you better get excited about this week. So, however, spending time in prayer and fasting does not automatically accomplish our desires. For example, um, we just read um, in Isaiah's time, when the people fasted, God did not answer them. I also made another example, David. He also experienced that. In 2 Samuel 12, you'll find it, by the way, he asked for a miraculous healing, and God still said no. And I can tell you now, because the will of the Father is always above ours. The will of the Father is always above ours. So, fasting expresses our devotion and service to God. It's not to twist the hand of God. Fasting is actually a matter of the heart. There's this quote, and then I'm going to start concluding. There's this quote. Um, John Piper's got a book called Hunger for God. And he says the following. Christian fasting at its root is the hunger of a homesickness for God. Christian fasting is not the only spontaneous effect of a superior satisfaction in God. It is also a weapon, a chosen weapon, against every force in the world that would take that satisfaction away. I love that, eh? So, why fast? I'm going to narrow it down into three things. Fasting, we've just learned, is a biblical way to humble yourself in the sight of God. King David, he even said the following, I humble myself with fasting. Psalm 35. So if you read that psalm, you'll find it out there. Fasting enables the Holy Spirit to reveal your spiritual condition. If it is resulting in brokenness, repentance, it can come to a transformed lifestyle. And if you don't believe me, you've just read Isaiah 58. Take a look at Isaiah 59 and 60. And I'll give you a hint. 59 speaks about sin, confession, and then redemption. And then verse 60 speaks about the glory of God over your life after that. Ha, that is exciting. So I'm going to just, for those of you who are writing, Isaiah 59 and 60 is where you can get that. And then the last thing, your confidence and faith in God is strengthened through prayer and fasting. And I'm going to be bold enough, and I'm going to say mentally, spiritually, 
and physically, he can refresh you. I'm going to say that again, hey. Mentally and spiritually, he can refresh you. So, fasting is not a way to get a response to your prayer request. True fasting fosters a better approach to prayer. The point is, connect with God on a deeper level. Fasting makes us dependent on God. So we constantly keep him in the front of our minds, and then we give extra time to wait on him. I want to I echo that. We constantly put him in front of our minds, and we give extra time to listen to him. So I want to end off with these two questions. And I might call Tim up in a bit, but I really just want you to think about this quickly. And then I just want to pray, if that's okay. Just say a bit of prayer. But what is it that God needs to restore and repair in your life? I really want you to think about it. What are some of the things that God needs to restore and repair in your life? And then secondly, what is your heart's condition for this week of prayer and fast? So let me quickly pray. Lord, thank you that even in the smallest of small things, you are in the detail. So right now, there are people sitting here and I know that there are things you are trusting God for. But I just want to change your perspective here. And I want you to know that you cry for God come. He's saying, I am here. So you're in his presence. So what is it that the Lord is calling you to repair and restore in your life? Lord, I know there are things that many of us are battling, whether it be the view of family, whether it be the view of ministry, the view of finances, whether it be the view of who they are. Lord, I pray and ask right now that you restore your original design in their life. Right now, Lord, I pray and ask that you restore whatever was taken away. Whatever that was stolen, restore that right now in Jesus' name. And I pray that you would repair the things that were broken by others. So Lord, I pray that you repair hearts for you. Repair family units right now. Repair relationships right now, Lord Father. And just where our heart's condition is. Lord, may we yearn for a deeper fellowship with you. May this week of prayer and fast be a yearning for more of you. Let us go deeper, Lord. (laughs) Let us fellowship with you. May you always be 
in the front. And may we always wait on you. I pray and ask this in your name. Amen. Thank you, Marlon. Um, so God always calls us higher. And that's, that's really an invitation, I believe. Thank you, Marlon, for that word this morning that the Lord would call us up higher. In our walk with Him, I actually wrote, I wrote the word down, um, unrestricted, unrestricted in our relationship with Jesus. If you're feeling restricted, you're feeling these things that are blocking, God can restore. Unrestricted in your prayer life. Unrestricted in your worship. And so um, we've got a, a devotional booklet that we put together. And um, do you have some copies, Kristen? Um, if you, we, we're going to make this available tomorrow on email. And if you have the church's app, now I don't, I'm not sure how many of you have actually downloaded the app of the church. And it's actually way easier on the phone, if you believe it or not. Um, every day, the devotion will be there on that app. You can just download it or you can just open it up and you can actually go through it. So if you haven't got the church's app, please have a talk with Marlon. He knows how to help you. Um, Kristen can you also help and maybe Bertram as well. Um, then they can just show you quickly. Otherwise, we, they will go an email. will go out tomorrow morning with the full five-day devotion book. And um, or if you don't like electronic formats, we've got a couple of copies printed. You can just go to Bertram or Kristen, um, and then they'll give you a copy. We've made this booklet family-friendly. Okay, so husbands and wives, you can do it together. Um, with your children, you can also do it. Um, Lynette helped put some applications down for children as well. So you can sit as a family once once a day, you know, this whole week. And if it's something that you're not familiar with, it might just help you get into a routine of doing, as a family, doing uh, devotions together, reading scriptures together, praying together. Um, we've got a culture in our family. We just ask, how was your day, you know, at the meal table? And we know where our children are at, what to pray for. But um, take advantage this week, unrestricted, to go up to another level with the Lord. So um, tomorrow morning, 9 a.m., tomorrow evening, 7 p.m., and then Tuesday, 9 a.m., Wednesday, 9 a.m., uh, Wednesday evening, I think it's 7, it's not 7.30, 7 p.m., and we'll be praying and worshiping together as a community. May the Lord bless you. May you have an awesome Sunday. And um, just another note, there's no coffee, unfortunately, today. We need to get some frappes or something. Something cold. But um, please feel free to maybe just talk to someone, grab some water, you know, and just get to know somebody. May the Lord bless you. We'll see you in the week. Amen.